0: you listening to the Robbie Fowler Podcast.
1: Powered by McDonald's.
2: Well, hello all and welcome once again to another episode of the Robbie Fowler Podcast. Brought to you as always by McDonald's, McCafe, great tasting coffee made simple. It's myself, Chris McCarty, joined by the former Liverpool, Leeds, Man City, England and a whole host of other clubs. It's Robbie Fowler. Afternoon to you, Rob.
0: How are you, pal? Okay.
2: Yeah, very well indeed. As I always am. Uh, loads for us to talk through. Uh, big name guest. I'm not going to reveal just who that is just yet. I've got to start with you though, Rob. You've been well. You've been in a bit of hot water over yeah. in India. What's going on?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, I can't really go that much into it because <laughs> obviously there's a, there's a bit of a, an appeal process. But ah, okay. yeah, I, I have been banned for four games for for giving referees stick. <laughs> Probably not ideal. When you think of over here, uh, I think there's been five managers who've been suspended in this league, uh, and probably three quor- at least three quarters of the teams have had some sort of coaching staff member banned as well. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe my four games, I'm being made into a scapegoat. Oh, maybe, know. Rob. I don't you, know. Maybe they're you. just like flexing the muscles and uh, showing everyone who's the boss.
2: Got to be careful in what you say here. Not a fan, I take it then, of the referee standards over in India.
0: Uh, I think they can be better, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> Very <And> that... <laughs> diplomatically put. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I, I, I think there's, there's, there has been a few problems. To be fair, I think everyone's uh, everyone's aware of that. Anyone who watches the ISL will tell you. Uh, I think at least one referee has been sent home. Um, oh, there's been two. I'm not sure whether the other one was injured. I don't know. So. Um, Lots of managers have come out and, uh, and had a go, uh, but I think mine was just persistently having a go. Uh, just, I just felt my players weren't getting looked after. And you know we've had conversations before. I think as a manager, your job is to protect your players. Uh, and if you're not getting any protection in the middle, then I think yeah, some words need to be said.
2: Any, back in your days, Rob, any referee that you particularly liked? playing I guess four is the wrong word but you know when you back in the day did you take any heed did you take any notice of the referees that would be officiating your match at a weekend
0: yeah look I think a few of them were were very good in all fairness and I like the referees who you could talk to and they'd give you a bit of stick back I mean the likes of uh, Keith Cooper and Roger Milford I know I'm going back really years here but I think Keith Cooper especially was brilliant and you'd go up to him and go oh my god that's a fucking terrible decision that (laughs) oh you're having an awful game ref and he'd go he'd just turn around he'd go oh, I'd worry about your own game to be honest Rob <laughs> you're not having a good game yourself and I love all that but I think referees nowadays don't really get a, can get away with saying things like that because players will maybe go to the press or players will tell people and it gets out and it, it probably doesn't it doesn't look good does it from a, no. you know, from a point of view of a, a professionalism point of view so um, I think that's what's missing the game so the referees do need to have some sort of um Relationship with the players, and, and it, it is, it's missing, uh, and it's certainly missing over here.
2: You talk there about professionalism, Rob. Please tell me you've seen the story up in my neck of the <laughs> woods this past week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna name him Bobby Bullock, the wonderful named Bobby Bullock, football commentator, Hamilton, academical. He's gone viral this part. He's actually lost his job. Bless has him. He? he has. Yeah, he was sacked the next day after this. For those of you new to this story, Bobby Bullock missing for the first few minutes of the second half of Hamilton's match against Ross County because he had visited the little boy's room a little too long and he he, he he was a little bit too honest in revealing that he was doing a number two ever had any problems like that Rob
0: <laughs> uh, I've plenty of problems with number twos yes Uh, uh four no I, I don't think in terms of games no I think he's probably a little bit too honest there isn't he uh, I, don't, oh, massively. I don't even know what to say I think you know what you've actually took my four process away from everything I've just got a uh, Bobby just uh, (laughs) running late to his uh, commentary position, uh, probably with a bit of tissue hanging down from the back of his trousers. (laughs) Hey, hey, and the thing is, as well, he he probably had to nick it as well, didn't he? (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, that is brilliant. I, I can't help but think, though, is there is there no one, and you can name and shame here, any players that maybe suffered a little bit of too much nerves? I know there's one or two that, you know, would, would, would spend, you know, 15 minutes before the game in the lavatory because they were nervous or whatever. Anyone that, that st- sticks out to you in your playing days?
0: Uh, n- not in terms of doing a, a, a number one or a number two, but <laughs> I think one of the players who, I mean, was, was a great, great player for, for Liverpool was a fellow called Ronnie Whelan, who... Uh, I think because he was that nervous before every game, he used to go up and and throw up. So oh, obviously, wow. whenever you know the manager was making a team talk, all you could hear in the background was, Urgh, <laughs> Urgh. <laughs> and that was and that was just that noise just reverberating <laughs> all the way through the dressing room. And that was just Ronnie Whelan being sick and getting rid of his uh, his nerves. I mean, that, that's the nerds. only one. I mean, Bruce Grobler was another obviously another player who, I mean, he had superstitions and you know these things he used to do before every game. Um, And before he went out for a warm-up, he'd get the ball in the dressing room and he'd he'd bounce it on the floor and then try and switch off the light. (laughs) What? He'd, He'd try and switch off the light with the ball. And we're all just sitting there, I don't know, reading the programme. And next minute, the <laughs> light would go off and go, oh, Brucey's done it again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so he would, just to be clear, he would be bouncing the ball, catching it, and he would yeah. try and bounce, turn off the light and catch it again.
0: No, no, he'd bounce the, bounce the ball from the floor and then try and switch the... <laughs> you're thinking he's quicker than light there aren't you
2: <laughs> I'm thinking Muhammad Ali no, here
0: yeah I know no what he do so he'd, he'd get the ball in his hand and he'd, he'd stand maybe about six or seven feet away from the wall and he'd bounce it at the wall but aim for the light switch and then switch the lights off uh-huh.
2: aha Right. Okay. Now it makes sense. I'm thinking all sorts you know, I'm thinking he's trying to catch the ball in the dark, which is a heck of a skill. Okay, Brucey's done it again. Makes sense. Uh, listen, superstitions for yourself though, Rob. None. You weren't a superstitious fellow. Uh, well,
0: no, actually, wasn't. To be honest, I I, I wore two pairs of socks and I wore boots that were like maybe half a size too small for me, But that was not a superstition. And this sounds really ridiculous. This, but it was a comforting. I remember years ago, I think my dad made me put two pairs of socks on because my legs were that skinny (laughs) uh, and probably just wanted me to fill out a little bit, Uh, obviously just look a little bit more more muscly if you like and uh, I I just stayed with them and I just felt as though it was a bit of a comfort thing. I wanted to wear boots that were too small for me, just because I wanted to feel the ball, and I felt as though I could strike the ball clearer and and better with a uh, you know having more control out of it. So uh, that was the reason, but it certainly wasn't a superstition. Um, I know players, uh, John Barnes, for example, would go into um, into the bathroom and and run a hot bath, and he, he'd be sitting in there having a hot bath just you know 20, 25 minutes before a before a big match. Uh, Paul Ince would take his top off, uh, yeah. or he have his top off and not put it on until the last minute. But I always think back to um, to, to my time at Liverpool years ago, myself and Steve McManaman, and this was before they have the you know the organised warm ups where everyone just does all the warm ups together. We we used to just go out on our own. Uh, myself and Macca, you know, some players would be out there. They'd be passing balls to each other, just pinging them twenty, thirty yards. Me and Macca used to just go down in the cop end. Macca would cross it, and I'll be just doing do, do dive headers into the cop goal. <laughs> <laughs> and like doing headers and follies. It was like just playing with your mates, you know, like what you do in a park. But we were doing <laughs> we were doing it at Anfield in front of like thirty thousand people, thirty five thousand people. on it's I mean, just when you think back and you go, wow, I mean, it's just severe. We headers and follies in the cop end. We used to
2: do. That was your warm up. I was I'm, warm surprised you, up yeah. I'm surprised you didn't pull a hammy.
0: You've got to be quick to pull hamstrings, Chris, haven't you? No, that's that's a...
2: that's fair. Listen, our special guest today, and listen, I'll be honest, I'm taking some stick f- from an awful lot of corners for our guest list over the course of the past few weeks. It's either fide Liverpool legends or it's Liverpudlians. in the case of Joey Barton. I- I've got bad news for you. We're not changing that recipe this week <laughs> because we might just have the greatest of them all when it comes to Liverpool po- Football Club. We've got who, Rob?
0: We've got Sir Kenneth. Matheson, Daglish.
2: Oh, full name,
0: like it. Full name, full name. I mean, I, I, I love the fella. I think he's absolutely superb. Um, I mean, what he's done for certainly the city of Liverpool, what he's done for the club is, I mean, oh, it's just unreal. And, you know, we, we can talk about just that all day. But the fact is that we've got him on here now. We can talk a little bit, bit about his career as, as, as high points. Um, I think, in all fairness, we probably know his lowest point, which would yeah. uh, which would be Hillsborough. Uh, and I probably really wouldn't want to talk about that at all, honestly, Chris. Because I, I think uh, we'll, we'll just talk about all the goods and you know all his appearances, uh, maybe a few little stories, a few little uh, anecdotes, if you like. Uh, but he's he's an unbelievable player. He's an unbelievable manager. More importantly, he's an unbelievable gentleman. I, I love him.
2: Well, here, here on that front, and I, I want to get this story before we get him on, uh, and he is with us for episode five of this the Robbie Fowler podcast. It, it's a well-told story. There'll be a lot of people listening or watching this, Rob, that will be aware of this story. It is one hundred percent true. He did pick you up as a young lad. You were waiting at the bus stop. Tell us that.
0: Yeah, well, I was uh, obviously a young lad playing for for, for Liverpool um, Centre of Excellence, and every tuesday and thursday i would get the bus and my family we never had a car uh, so i would get the bus uh, you know two buses up from school uh, it was a 27 and a 12 that went straight to melwood get the get off the bus uh, and go and train i remember this particular night it was freezing cold it was the middle of winter you know one of them nights or one of them days that gets dark at about two o'clock it was a real horrible horrible winter's night so i've obviously got my training kit uh goes to school in my uniform uh, straight from school go well, straight up to Melwood and uh, I've got um, I've got training in this this awful night so does me training getting my uniform back on and I'm waiting at the bus stop and uh, this car pulls up this big white Mercedes this Mercedes was bigger than my house you know what I mean I, I <laughs> remember I, I'm from Tox have lived in a in a one up one down and this big white Mercedes pulls up window goes down it's uh, some fella goes uh, come on son he says I'll give you a lift his poor Scottish acting that's a terrible. <laughs> I'm, normal, out the po- I'm, nom- I'm normally all right to that as well. alright son. Yeah, the car. I give you a lift, and then uh, <laughs> that's, that's Irish Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even, I don't even. I don't know what it sounds like. So anyway, it's it's Kenneth Aglish, and he goes, "Come on, son." He says, "I'll I'll take you home now." It, this is Kenneth Aglish, and I'm I'm thinking. Wow, I don't want him to see where I live. You know, he lives in a big mansion somewhere, and I live in this one up, one down. So in the end, I go, well, it's freezing, so yeah, I might as well. So he gets in the car, and um, I, I get home. I'm probably about a mile away from my house, and I would say to Kenny, I just anywhere here will do. And he went, no, I'll take you the door. I went, no, it's fine here. So he dropped me off, and I had to run home in the in the in the cold, in the wet again, uh, and just getting the lift off Kenny was just one of those surreal surreal moments. I think he had to, he had to drop me off where he did because I think if he'd have parked anywhere near mine, I think his probably uh, wheels would have went missing. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, right, and I, I just went home, right, honestly, and I was home a little bit early because I hadn't got the two buses and I remember my mum saying, how come you're home so early? And I went, so, Kenny Daglicious just dropped me off, just like dead matter of fact and she went, oh, okay then. Obviously, I mean, it was just a surreal night so I've been in, uh, in obviously in Kenny's car as a, as, uh, as, as a young liverpool player getting picked up at bus stops i mean i, I he's he's an absolute legend that i do i i got so much time for him i i love the fellow
2: it's a great little story that robin and how old were you at the, at
0: the time i was i was 14, 14 and in all honesty it was it was Whether well, he he done it to i don't know a few others uh, and it just shows you sort of what type of man he is but it just shows you've done it, really, because it was like instrumental in saying, "Well, I love this club," and you, when you've got managers who who have won everything at the game and they are going out of their way to drop some little, uh, some little young kid, I mean, it it speaks volumes to the man. It really does.
2: Right then Rob, enough of us blabbing on because a hero of yours, he's waiting in the wings he's a knight of the realm he's Liverpool's greatest ever player he's quite possibly Celtics as well he's the most capped player in Scotland's history it is the one and only and give him his full title here what's his full name, Robert?
0: None other than the Sir Kenneth Matheson Daglish This
2: is the Robbie Fowler Podcast
0: Powered by McDonald's McDonald's McCafe Great tasting coffee Simple
1: Dubai Eye, 103.8. There we go. There we go.
2: Mr. Douglas, how are you? Good, no problems. Lovely to have you on this podcast, Kenny. Uh, Rob is just...
0: Whoa, whoa, you, Chris, Chris, I can't believe you've calling him Kenny. It's Sir Kenny. Oh, good morning. My
2: apologies. There he is. Sir Kenneth it should be, Robert.
0: Well, I actually I actually address him as Sir King. <laughs> you
2: give him the double. You give him give the double. I double
0: how are, how are you pal? Too early in the morning to be taking the piss <laughs> Well you're nearly seventy. All 70 year olds get up early at all <laughs> don't we? No, no,
1: only if they wait the bed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Too <Touché>, Kenny. Too <Touché. laughs>
0: what,
1: what time do you there, Robbie?
0: It's uh two o'clock in the afternoon.
1: Oh well you wouldn't have slept then.
0: Hey, you you'll know you uh, you don't sleep you don't sleep in as a manager. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't sleep at all.
0: Well, uh, you're not wrong, I know. Kerry, how, how's things, pal? All right, everything okay? Yeah, good, no problem. Have you been uh, golfing? A shot.
1: A shot. Since the last lockdown, Christmas
0: Night, nightmare. I bet you're oh. doing cartwheels, and everything in the house, aren't you?
1: Oh, I. No, there's a game on at the academy today, one o'clock, so I'll go and watch that. How
0: long have we got you? In half an hour, forty minutes. I don't know what.
2: I think we can get longer, Rob. To be honest, but, yeah, Kenny. How is obviously you kind of get on the golf course? What's uh, what's the handicap currently at?
1: They've changed it to that world golf thing. I'm seven point nine. My index is seven point nine.
0: No chance. Not a chance. By the way.
1: By the way, that, I know, but then they look at the degree of difficulty of the course, and every course has got a wee lo- lo- rating now. So you either go up or down.
0: You have you you've actually gone up then?
1: I have. <laughs> I. By the way, I moved three times. And I hadn't played. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that worked.
0: Hey, I, I, I actually... I've gone down to seven on that uh, England golf thing.
1: Yeah, but it depends what course. Is that Wallasey? Yeah,
0: Wallasey, yeah.
1: Or what that would be... Depends on the, the rating of the course. Every course has got a rating. Listen... King Kenny, and I will, I'm starting
2: calling you King now for goodness sake. (laughs) Kenny, I've got it, I I want to, if I can. Robbie, just before you dropped in, he he was regaling us some tales of what you kind of meant to to Rob growing up and and being a legend as you are still in the city, a legend up in my part of the world as well, in Scotland, of course. Your recollections of Rob, what, what do you first remember, you know, coming across Robbie Fowler?
1: The first instance was being at Melwood it was the night time because Robbie had been training with the kids. He was only 15 or something himself. And I was coming out of Melwood to come home and he was standing at the, the bus stop. So I stopped and asked him if he wanted a lift. He went, no, he said, you go going the other way. I said, I'm not going anyway, it doesn't matter. So I took him into, into town and was dropping him off and I saw him the next day. I said, "How did you go home all right? He went, yeah, yeah. He said, I was gutted. He said, my dad was gutted. He said why? He said because he said he never, none of his mates saw him coming out of your car,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but he never saw the meter. The meter was up. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you're probably true there as well. You, <laughs> you <laughs> like, I I always think that, whatever. Obviously, I think you and I, I mean, I'm so lucky enough to, well, to class you as a friend now. Um, and I always think when. Look, I loved you as a player, obviously. Uh, as a manager, you were superb. But I think when you done that with me as, as a kid, you know, taking me home when you didn't need to, I think that spoke volumes to you as a person. And That's just the type of person you are. You know, honestly, I've got so, so much time for you.
1: That was something to do with the way I was brought up as well. Not particularly with my mum and dad, but when we were at Celtic as young boys, used to, the main bus route was across the road to Celtic Park and we'd be standing waiting for the bus. And one of the first team players would pull in in their car and they said, Where are you going? Well, obviously, we're standing at the bus stop. So, we're going <laughs> into town, jump in, i give you a lift. And then they'd take you the wrong way, wouldn't they? They'd drop you off <laughs> somewhere like we didn't even, well, we knew where we were, but we didn't where we all to go. So, instead of taking us to town, they'd take us the opposite direction. They said, Oh, geez, I don't know where the city centre is. Yeah, <laughs> So I wasn't going to do that But that's what they did to us If you can help somebody Why would you not help them?
2: No, absolutely uh, I mean, you, you mentioned there That the players used to do that at Celtic Who was uh, your hero As a wee boy as Robbie was Looking up to you Who did you look up to When you played Celtic Youth? Dennis Law It was
1: When I was younger than Celtic, yeah Dennis Law when I was a wee boy was Scottish icon playing in Italy you never had the television coverage you've got now. So if he was playing at Hamden, if your mum and dad allow you, you go and watch a game and watch Dennis.
0: What what, what was what was so good about Dennis Lowe? It's just his charisma.
1: It was just something about him, like he he always played with the the cuff his sleeve right in his finger like that with his fingers, and he could leap like a salmon, and he just he just iconic. I don't know really why but he was iconic did you model your game on him no no I just played Jesus it's bad enough trying to be yourself without trying to copy somebody <laughs> else in it <laughs> no I think for me I was always you better to be yourself and then you've only one person to blame <laughs> good point
0: it's
2: quite remarkable it's quite remarkable, Kenny. Like when you go through your career, and I appreciate Cristiano Ronaldo in today's world, but you, you played over three hundred games for Celtic. Legend at the club. Arguably the greatest player that Celtic have ever had. You've then gone down south, you've played over five hundred for Liverpool. You're without question, in my belief, the greatest Liverpool player of all time. That's rare to be the greatest. At two clubs, the longevity at two clubs is quite remarkable. Does that give you a great
1: source of pride? No, it's, everybody's entitled to their opinion. You don't need to agree with their opinion. But at the end of the day, I was fortunate that I played for Celtic in Liverpool because at that time they were the two most successful clubs. Obviously, the Celtic had just won the European Cup when, when Dan McGrane and I joined the same day. And we just took on for there. And the time that the players gave to us as young boys... Because we used to train with them, and they they were really encouraging and helpful. And although they'd won the European Cup, they never had any arrogance or big headedness about them. They looked after you. And when we Danny and I used to meet in the Street, he was coming for one side of the city, and I was coming for the other. And that was a convenient place for us to meet to get the bus to Celtic Park. The two of us were a bag of nerves, and that was only training. But when we got in, they settled us down, and they were really good to us. And and that must have helped a lot because I don't think it was a coincidence that there was an awful lot of players, young players at that time, breaking through into the Celtic first team. Mm.
2: And then you get the move to Liverpool. Talk to us about how that move came about, Kenny, your, your memories of that when the, the phone rang or you got a tap on the shoulder to say, hey, Liverpool Football Club, will not you?
1: No, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't unappreciative or unhappy at Celtic, but I just thought to myself, it's... This isn't a rehearsal here. You only get one go, and I wanted to go and try and play at the highest level I could, and also I had a great yearning to go a tour of the city after you win something because in Glasgow you couldn't do that. Um, so when it came about to get married to Marina, and I thought, oh, this might be the best time for us to go anywhere. So I'd asked for a transfer and said, look, no, I don't want it. I want to have a go down south, and they'd been at Liverpool when I was 15, and I was lucky, because if I had a choice to go anywhere, and I'm not saying it in hindsight, at the time I, was, I, would have, I said it as well to Marina, that if we get a chance, Liverpool would be the best place for us. But obviously Kevin was there at the time. Then Kevin said that he wanted to go. So we were pre-season training, the club went to Australia, I never went, came back and we were playing pre-season matches. I'd stayed at home and trained with the reserves, which was no problem. We played a pre-season match at Dunfermline, and the first team had come back by then, and it was the first team we were playing in. And I was captain. But by joke, and on that night, picked the ball up and threw the ball to Danny McGrain and said, go on, Danny, you take the team out. So the rest of them, as we are going to do, used to come out. It was strange. You came out the dressing room door and you went down steps that were outside on it, like, got to Lord's Cricket, you know, you went down the steps and got out onto the pitch. And uh, the boys started laughing, Oh, you must be off. I said, I've not got a clue. And Bob Paisley and John Smith, the chairman, were at the game that night. I never knew. Came back, went to the father in law's pub afterwards, and big joke. He must have had radar on us. He picked up the phone and phoned up and said, do you still want to go? I said, yeah. He said, get yourself up here then, but don't tell anybody. I am not going to tell anybody. Jumped in the car, drove up, and Bob Paisley and uh, John Smith were there. So I think the conversations that we need to had, uh, had were done in uh, two or three minutes. And the only thing that was they were discussing was the transfer fee. I was off and they picked us up in the morning. Brought us down. So I got. I was lucky. I got where I wanted to go.
0: Brilliant, Kenny. You know, you just said there. So you know, when you were at Sel, did you did you say the team went to Australia?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm t- I'm thinking in the seventies, getting to Australia. What did you have to go by boat?
1: <laughs> I never went. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's probably why you never went. <laughs> just, just about the team. Just about made it back for the start of the season.
1: Well, at this was the start of the season. The game at Donferlin. We'd been Scotland had been in. Um, they went a South American tour because the World Cup was in Argentina 7-8 So they went to be a wee tour. They played uh, Chile, one four two drew one each with Argentina and Buenos Aires, and got beat two 0 with Brazil. And then we came back. So geez, after being there and then having to go to Australia, it's a bit of a trek as well. Mm. No, I'm sure they they would have flown, wouldn't they? Stopped at Singapore, and then <laughs> on to the Australia. I don't know. I never went.
0: It was it was a, it was one of them ten pound trips where you just paid ten pound <laughs> and just get on a boat and them. He's blindfolded me.
1: Couldn't get you
2: insured, I think, Kenny.
1: No, no, it wasn't, They were Celtic were brilliant for us. For oh, me yeah, especially. they were brilliant. So it wasn't. I didn't want to be disrespectful, although it was going to be hurtful to leave. It was hurtful for myself as well because I was born and brought up in Glasgow and to move away and Marina was the same she's born and brought up there so it's great for the women that they they got up and move as well
2: Yeah what, what were your first memories I'm taking you back a number of years now but the first memories the first few days at Liverpool Football Club who who kind of took you under your wing who Who was the man that, that said hey listen you're going to be alright here
1: Me? <laughs> I thought I was going to be alright No I came down in Bob Paisley's car John Smith sat beside him and Emily Hughes popped into the Holiday Inn that used to be the uh, where Liverpool 1 is now. They popped into the season night time. said, do you want a drink? I said, well, I don't really drink. So I had a Coca-Cola and had a chat with Emily. I said, I'm shattered, I need to go to my bed. So I went to my bed and it was a Wednesday. I know that because we trained Thursday. So the boys were really welcoming and they were really determined to be successful again because they won the, F- the European Cup obviously and they won I think the league beat me Man U in the cup final and they were determined to have have a similar amount of success the next season so I thought that does me fine
2: your management career, Kenny, is an interesting one because I, I look at it, and certainly for, for me on the outside, I I'm still, what am still one of my thirty-four. Despite what Robbie Fowler will tell you, I am thirty-four, Kenneth. Hey, so for oh, me, K-
0: K- Kenny will tell you that as well. Don't worry about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who said the pictures didn't they lie?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, so for me, growing up, Kenny, I, I was a bit well, obviously young for your playing career. Young for your first stint as Liverpool manager with those league titles. For for, for, for me growing up, it was all about Blackburn Rovers. Uh, you were front and centre bringing this team who I think four years previously from winning the league, 19th in the second division if memory serves me, in English football. Your time at Blackburn, Kenny, when you look back on all of your career, was that time right up there as the most special that you had? Oh,
1: Blackburn was a Cinderella story. For everybody yeah. I mean uh nothing would have happened at Blackburn if Jack Walker hadn't been involved in the financial support that he gave and I think Jack will be the last person of his kind the local man made good very wealthy wanted to put something back into the, the city that he was brought up in. and I don't think that's going to happen again the success that they had but it would never happen without Jack and his money coming in was was the start of everything and for me, uh, just getting good staff round about has kept a f- couple of lads that had already been at Blackburn to give me a bit of an insight into what was going on. And they did brilliantly. I mean, the manager gets sacked after two league games, I think. I don't know, I think they saw like one point and they'd beaten a league cup tie an early round. So the manager got the sack and the guy called Tony Parks took over and he took them from like one point out of, I don't, I don't know if it would be three points then, was it? One yeah. point anyway, out of two games. He took them up to about mid-table, just below mid-table by the time I joined. So Tony done a great job as well. He settle it down and get them moving. But Blackburn was a afraid. So people can rate it whatever way they want. They can say, that was better or worse than, than Liverpool. It doesn't matter. You've done what you had to do and that was it.
0: I think I can speak for everyone. I think obviously everyone knows what type of manager you are anyway, so obviously with what you've achieved. What, what, was, your, what was your philosophy as a manager, uh, even if you're a philosophy? Was your, was your ideo- ideology just about bringing in the best players or was you a, a certain manager who wanted to play a certain formation uh, and getting players for them or whatever, that were the best players available to you?
1: Well, your formations depend on who you have and the way you play and the style you play in. Is depending on that. But irrespective of tactics or personnel, I think the most important thing is to treat people the way that you would like to have been treated yourself as a player. And you had to have a consideration for the players that you, you had to leave out for games. That was difficult. I think that was a difficult part because it, it's hard to go and say to somebody you're not playing. And you might have an explanation or thought in your mind, but he's got a different thought in his. But at least you're straight with him and that's that's all I wanted to be I just wanted to be straight with him and if if you were wrong you were wrong but at least you couldn't say that you, you weren't a genuine
2: man or... It was an exhilarating season that Kenny that, that year and the way that it finished as well and <laughs> May 14th 1995 that's a date that will be it certainly burned into my memory I remember it well sitting there United at West Ham Andy Cole and, and his travails down there and of course Blackburn at Anfield I think you went into the final day two points clear What are your memories of that Kenny? C- can you remember your team talk that day to the boys? No
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> It was just go out and do what you've been doing
1: all season you know, I think that's that speaks for itself isn't it? If you say it to them I mean they go up where they are because of what they did so why would you need to change it?
2: Mm.
1: And they've, uh, they've done brilliantly. I mean, it's, it's easy to say you went to Blackburn and they won the league, but they, they also won the promotion up to the, the Premiership through the playoffs. I think we finished sixth and we, we won the playoff final against Leicester. The first year in the Premiership, fourth, second year, second. And the last year, we won it. So I don't think By the time we won it I don't think they were a surprise to anybody No So all they had to do All they had to do was do what they did For the previous Previous three, four years or whatever Be yourself You can't be anybody else No You'd be an actor if you wanted to be somebody else Wouldn't you? <laughs>
2: but you must have been. Come on, come on, Kenny. The, the nerves that day. I mean, Jesus, I was a bag of nerves. I still remember. I would have been, what, nine at the time. And that switching Sky Sports did a great job of it. You must have been shitting your pants on that touchline.
1: I was nervous, I but also <laughs> sometimes Robbie knows sometimes you have a feeling about something when you're going to play. And I just had a feeling about oh, going to win the league. You'd still be nervous, but you still had the feeling that you were going to win the league. Unfortunately, we did. And if you're not going to win it at Blackburn, the other best place to win it that would be more appreciated or would appreciate Blackburn winning it, it would be Liverpool. <laughs> you, never.
0: That was one of the, my most serial games ever, I think. So, when obviously I wanted to win because I just wanted to win every game and I wanted, I wanted Blackburn to win the title. Uh, obviously, because of Kenny, and because obviously he didn't want Manu to win. Uh, and I remember in the game, and, and us going, and James Redknapp scored, and uh, to make it two-one, I'm thinking, do I celebrate here? <laughs> I, didn't know, no. I didn't know whether to celebrate. And I think, I think there was a few little claps in the cup, but it, I mean the, the the applause and the rapturous noise that was heard after the game, because obviously Blackburn had, had obviously lost the game but won the title. Was I mean it was just a surreal moment. It really was and I, I think I've got a bone to pick with you Kenny actually because uh, Sir Kenny because I've watched uh, a few clips of that and I remember you going up to all the players after the game all the black bear hugging them and I, on one little shot there's a, and I'm there waiting to give you a high five and you just ran right past me
1: <laughs> oh, it's, oh, no. I wouldn't have been moving too fast <laughs>
0: I, I told you. We said that before. I said to Chris, "You've got to be quick to get an hamstring." I never got hamstring, so it was all right.
1: but well, no, I was the same. They—they'd uh, much rather Liverpool had won it, but it's becomes, as Robbie said, anybody bar one of their closest rivals is—is is good that maybe they never thought Blackburn was a close rival. Mm.
0: <laughs> Speaking of obviously your your close rivals, uh, Sir Ken. Um, now, obviously, a lot has been made up about your your rivalry with uh, obviously Sir Alex. And ah. I know, I know, people, you're actually very, very good friends, aren't you? Ah.
1: Fer- Fergie and I go back a long way. A long way, right back to... In fact, Marina's dad uh, knew him and Marina met him before. I Marina's mean, dad was in the licence trade. And Fergie, as was in <coughs> the norm then, and the footballers in Scotland wanted to buy a pub. So, Fergie wanted to learn, teach himself the licence trade that Marina's dad taught him. So... Then I met Fergie through one of the young lads in Glasgow was at Ibrooks and I still lived across the road from Ibrooks and uh, we used to meet up if we after training the crowd days in, in the city centre in Glasgow and have a bit of macaroni and cheese and double chips. <laughs> <coughs> so <held> the healthy option went <laughs> out the window. And I was over to meet him at Ibrooks one day afterwards and we were gonna jump in the, the subway into town and uh, he said oh we've got a lift I said yeah, it's, it's, you've not got a car he said no no Alec Ferguson's getting us a lift into town so Fergie gave us a lift into town brilliant um, that was the first time really I'd met him and then uh, he played in a reserve game that I played in I think it was in 69 or something
0: do you uh, you know when you, you speak to each other now do you compare your knighthoods just like, just, just like phone each other up and say oh, hello sir hello sir are you okay, sir? No, he he
1: calls me Kenny and I call him Fergie.
0: He can get away with that. He can get away with calling you
1: that. No, everybody can get away with that. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> It's what they say under their under their breath that you're worried about. It's no <laughs> what
0: they say in front of you. No, he he's, he's good as gold. Yeah, well, I look, I've seen, i really, and I obviously I've got a lot of time for Sir Alex as well. Right. Um, you know, when I was uh, when I was manager of Brisbane, actually, I uh, I reached out to him, and he actually sent me a video which I played. Uh, and again, that's you, you appreciate people like that for going out of the way and and giving them a little bit of time. Uh, and that's what well, he yes.
1: done. Well, that's what like he is. If you ask for help, right, he's more than happy to help anybody along the way in the managerial road that they that they have chosen to take. And if he can help, he'll help. He's, he's a good person.
2: Can I ask Kenny? Jurgen uh, referenced it after Liverpool won the league a few months back, where he said he, after maybe one too many ales at the end of the party, he messaged Fergie. He WhatsApped him, and Fergie got straight back to him at three in the morning. Did Did Fergie message you? Did you get a call after winning the league with Blackburn? Did Did
1: Fergie yeah, reach have, out to, to offer to, you? Used exchange letters at the end of the season. If somebody <laughs> wants something, he would always send a letter saying congratulations, and and that never changed. Never changed. No, always we never had. What's up, Jesus? No, no, no. You've gone back to. You.
0: Was it horseback? Was it letters by
1: horseback? Was it? <laughs> Aye. Send <laughs> a telegram if you wanted something. <laughs> but no, we always always exchanged uh, congratulations when if somebody won something.
2: It's rather fitting, Kenny, that you're you're returned to Liverpool. I mean what are we now, 2011, January 8th, you can tell I've been doing my research, January 8th, 2011, you returned for your second spell in charge of Liverpool. Your first game that some people might forget was actually against Fergie. It was at old Trafford in the FA Cup third round. Did that totally come out of the blue, that return to management? How did that kind of come around?
1: Well, I was on a boat in somewhere near Dubai. (laughs) And I got a phone call. Would you come back and would you... uh look after it for a wee while. If you can get me home, it's no problem. <laughs> so, I don't know how I go home, but I go home and I never go there till Saturday night. So, by the time I, the boys had been prepared for the match. You can't come in on a Saturday night and do much, can you? No. But some people said, well, why did you go to the game? Why did you not stay away? Well, if I'm coming in, I'm coming in at the start. I'm not coming in because it's a difficult game, Manchester United. If I'm going to stand beside the boys and ask them to do the same for us, I'm going to be beside them every time. So I went straight to the game. Oh, I went straight to the hotel and ended the game. We could beat one 0 We got apparently against us in about thirty seconds, yeah. and then Stephen gets sent off. So it was a quiet day. <laughs> Did your style change that
2: second time around, Kenny? Obviously, I think, what, caretaker in 2000 at Celtic. You won the League Cup there. 11 years, quite a long time. Players have changed. The the methodology, as Robbie's already alluded to, football does change a little bit. Outlooks change. Did you change at all in that 11-year period?
1: Yes, society changes as well, doesn't it? Obviously, when you go back in, it's not like it was when you left. You have to change and adapt a wee bit. But then I think you're doing that in your life as well. So... You just treat people for what they are and you've got to understand when you were young and managing, there was a different philosophy to what it is now. The young boys have different ideals, which is fine, as long as they get themselves on the pitch and prepared as best they possibly can. Mm. And the ideals aren't going to be disruptive to anybody, you just go along with it.
0: Sir so Ken, so you know, in, in terms of what you said there, so obviously society changes, players change, obviously managers change, and that's just obviously you as a person. What about technology? So obviously your first spell as a, a manager, and I know you do your work on the opposition, but I know from a Liverpool point of view, our work was done on what we can do. Now, did your, did your method change later on? Did you do a lot more work from a technology point of view on the opposition and your own side?
1: I don't think anybody's going to get a game without knowing what the opposition's like. Whether you form it in your own mind and you have a wee library upstairs where your opponent, your goalkeeper or, or whatever or whatever somebody, another team does, I think you've got to have preparation and you've got to know what the other team does. Mm. If you don't know what they do, how do you pick your own team? So, you, but basically the most important thing and the biggest thing you can dictate is what happens to your team. Yeah. But, that's also influenced by what, what, how they do. And nowadays, most teams play the same. Most teams have the same philosophies, don't they? Whereas in our days, you had maybe people that were a wee bit more direct than what what uh, other teams were. And you've just got to handle that and you've got to take that into account. But not to the detriment of your own team. Take, it, take them into account, bearing in mind that you're not upsetting your own team.
2: You've got to be mindful of opposition, Kenny. Who is, uh, whether it's management or playing, who is the best team you've ever come up against where you've went, wow, they are absolutely incredible.
1: Uh, I don't
0: think they was two
2: tra- tra- training sessions. <laughs> Very good, Robert. Training sessions at Liverpool Football
1: Club. Well, the five or seven, really, my strong point. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: I-, I remember every Friday, but I know you're trying to answer the question, there, but every Friday when you obviously were a manager, I was obviously yeah. a you know, young kid coming in. Every Friday uh Sir Kenny would get the uh the chocolate biscuits out. <laughs> and on, on a Friday it was the staff be the staff be the player or staff be the young kids. Uh, so obviously the first he would go in and the uh the staff would stay out and, and, and play the games and the staff never ever lost. Oh. And if the if they were losing the games used to carry on a little bit longer.
1: Yeah but we used to pick the best young ones. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie <and> Steve <laughs> um, I, remember, I remember when I, I first came I signed on the Wednesday, Saturday we played Man U in the League Cup, uh, the Charity Shield at Wembley. Uh, they gave us a couple of days off to go back up the road to sort things out. I went back up the road, so I missed a couple of days, Tuesday training or something. Came back on uh, Wednesday or Thursday for training, and the first team were off. So I'm training with the kid. And then that was my debut at Wembley. The Wembley at Melwood. Remember Wembley at Melwood? Yeah. That was that was where they played the kids. And that was me making my debut, by the way. That they talk about how did Liverpool escape a lot of injuries when they had all the success. <laughs> <laughs> because if you were injured, you had to train with them. And you had to do their running. And that was a good excuse not to be injured, but even if you were injured, you never told them. And it was Bob Paisley would be in goal. But he never had gloves. He has mittens. So it was only his thumb sticking up and the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie Moran, old Tom Saunders, who was Tom. Uh, fantastic, fantastic brains and a really good fella. Was part of it. And John Benison, who did the kids, would play as well. Ron Yates, when he came in, I'm not talking about when I was playing, but when I was became manager, uh, gave Yates a job after the first year I think as chief scout. But he would when we went back then and I was part of the staff then. He used to play. But I think they put him against us. <laughs> <laughs> they could have been too impressed with <laughs> But they they all they played and they played the kids and they picked the best kids. And I think yourself and Mark would only be in at night then, wouldn't you? Yeah. But when they come in during the day they made sure they were nervous. You've
0: never ever lost though.
1: Oh no that they admit it anyway. Don't worry. <laughs> I <laughs> wouldn't they admit they lost and if they lost, if they were losing it was next goal next yeah. goal next goal, next yeah. goal. to get us back in it play until
0: 5 o'clock on a Friday Got a game Saturday afternoon play until Friday <laughs> uh, half seven at night the game's finished
1: <laughs> ah, they, were, they were that was that was brilliant then it wasn't even a pitch was it it wasn't a thing or anything and this Wembley.
0: You've just called it Wembley. And what about the the to uh, pitch on the other side, which was the pigs' guy? The, the,
1: the cows', cow's pitch? Side. Yeah. Aye. Right. And then Shanks put an all-weather pitch in, didn't
0: they? Yeah, the gravel, yeah. That
1: red gravel pitch. And the boy said, Shanks put that in. When I came, I said, well, why did he put that in? And he said, because it's an all-weather pitch. And Shanks thought you could play in it in all weather. <laughs> the only time you could play in it was when it was about that six inches deep. No. But it was too hard. It
0: was rock hard,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, Gerard done the best thing. He built the, the changing facilities and the dressing rooms and everything in there, didn't
0: he? That, that was on the all weather, yeah. But I remember the all weather pitch, actually. If you fell over on that, you were picking gravel out of your knees for weeks,
1: I'm telling you. We used to play on that. We used to play on pitches like that in Glasgow. And by the way, in Glasgow, there was bricks sticking through them. and <laughs> through them. So he never fell over too often.
2: King Kenny, can I ask, we were talking about management and I know a lot's been said about Jürgen and, and you spoke and, and you were an emotional man when, when Liverpool finally won the title a few months back. One man who I often think's a little bit forgotten, uh, similar to you, who's, who's treaded both paths, Celtic and Liverpool. Brendan Rodgers. Give me your views on him. Is he someone in your belief that gets enough credit for the job that he did at Liverpool Football Club?
1: I thought he got credit for what he did at Liverpool. I, I
2: Oh, I, I see. I see a lot of Liverpool fans. A lot of Liverpool fans that will say, "Oh, Gerrard carried that team. Suarez carried that team. Raheem Sterling carried that team."
1: Well, that's the same way. Any any level of football that's been successful or any good, the punters always have the favourites, and very seldom is it the manager. It's always one of the players, isn't it? And they're not going to blame one of the. They're not going to blame Steven or blame uh, Suarez for anything. The, the manager is one of the one that gets the brunt of everything. Yeah. But he did certainly move forward before Jurgen came in. They were moving forward. Mm. But I don't. I mean, credit. He did a great job at Celtic. They won. It was part of the the. Oh, the twelve triple, the, the 12th. The triple treble. Know, was it?
2: The triple treble. Yeah.
1: No, wasn't it? Tri- Triple, it was quadruple. They've, well, it was Neil better.
2: Lennon. Yeah, Neil yeah, Lennon no, com- yeah,
1: completed that. Yeah, he made it. Brendan made a contribution to that as well. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. Uh, and then when he left, when they left Celtic, it wasn't very well received, was it? Which really is a compliment.
0: Yeah, good mm. point. Good point. Uh, so Ken, so can can we talk about obviously Liverpool now? So. I mean, Jamie Carragher uh, This guy uh, this obviously podcast is before uh, obviously the City game. We rec- recorded it before the City game, and obviously Jamie Carragher this week said now the top four is now the aim for Liverpool. So Liverpool will still have uh, obviously aspirations and ambitions of winning the title, and it gets harder every single day. But obviously because the the, the table is so tight between the the there the you know the eight team, uh, are Liverpool in a fight for the top four at the minute. Well,
1: I think everything you're fighting for, aren't you? You're fighting to do as best you possibly can. And the recent run, apart from the two victories in London there, the recent runs been uh, pretty painful for everybody to take. They've not got the points that they'd be looking for that they would with due respect to who they were playing, the teams that, that took the points off them weren't the ones that you'd expect them to lose the points to. But they're competing and they'll compete for as best they possibly can, especially Sunday against Man City. They're gonna compete. But when you I mean injuries are part and parcel of football and you're not gonna you're not gonna use that as a as a complaint or as a reason. But there are extenuating circumstances here because to get three injuries in the one position, centre back, it's hard to deal with. You can deal with three your three top players might go like Manchester got De Bruyne out, they've got Aguero out and one of the centre backs out as well. So they can complete three different places. But mm. we've had to put two strong midfield players, especially Jordan, the captain, who does a great job in the middle of the pitch, and being, you had to put them into centre-back. So they're playing 20, 30 yards for the back than what they would normally play. So it's, there's no choice. You've no you've no go centre-backs. You have, a couple of the young lads have come in and done particularly well. then the There've no been a, there've no been a, a a real you wouldn't notice what they were. They're only kids. Like Nat Phillips is was in loan last year in in the Bundesliga somewhere, and he was he had a good season over there. The other one had he went to Kidderminster Harriers on loan. Yeah, Reese
0: Williams. Reese. Yeah.
1: Kidderminster Harriers on loan for a year, and come back and he's playing premier. It's a huge step up for 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 him. It's not so bad for that. It's but it's harder for Reese because it, it's, the gap's huge. Yeah. But he did he did well when he played, and to try and cover one position with with it's three injuries is, is a big loss. And it's obviously for Liverpool they've just they've just got to go on with it and do the best they can. But I think they've done particularly well to to get where they are, and for some reason. I think also the the fact that there's no a crowd at Anfield helps the opposition.
2: Yeah, I agree with that, Kenny. So a top four then, would you be
1: content with top four? You'd be content with Champions League. You wouldn't really be content if you don't win it. Mm. But you what would you do? There's extenuating circumstances again for that, isn't it? Absolutely. By the way, you've got to look at your own your own club and think to yourself, Well, how how do we sort this out for ourselves? Mm. but also at the same time you can't kind of take away Man City they've had 20 games here on the spin league and cup Uh they've only lost four goals and they were the teams that were struggling that was the team that they said was struggling before yeah. that Yeah, it's yeah. a good struggle isn't it
2: yeah, absolutely. Your old mucker Kenny. You won't probably thank Graham. I'm sure you've seen the comments. He was he was saying in midweek that if you played alongside Mo Salah, given the fact that he's a bit, as, as you would say, up in Scotland, he, he's sometimes a bit of a hogger. He likes to. He's obsessed with scoring goals that you wouldn't have tolerated it, and the two of you would have been coming to blows in the dressing room. You like players to to share the load a little bit. I mean, <laughs> what would you say to that? What would you say to Graham's view? Is that a fair one?
1: What that I like people to be to
2: share the well, yeah, that that you would have been coming to blows with Mo had you been playing with him, just because he loves the limelight to himself. He's he's a bit obsessed with scoring goals when sometimes there are players in better positions that might actually, you know, score the goals for well, you. That's not the first
1: argument I would have had with Graham but with Charlie. So <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think you. For me, I, I don't. I don't know. I never heard what he said certainly had a few arguments with him in the dressing room
2: at half-time, so I don't think I could have fitted another one in. Mo Salah, though, Kenny. Like, I mean, you know, we and Robbie were talking about it in the previous pods, about the, the fact that Liverpool, you've mentioned their injury problems, the front three, as good as they've been, and, and listen, Mo's still scoring goals. What what has it been about that the front three this year that perhaps just hasn't quite clicked as it has in previous years? I don't know.
1: If anybody would know, it would be Jürgen. Mm. and just when you hit a bad run and when you think that you, you get past it with the victory at Tottenham the victory at West Ham who were, were going quite well at the time and it, they'd be scored like the second and third goals against West Ham were fantastic team goals so I don't think there's much change other than people might laugh at, at just a bit of luck you need and the luck gives you confidence and belief but as soon as you someone starts to go badly you, you look and you think should I shoot? Should I pass?
2: Yeah.
1: Right? And then you take a wee second, extra second to delay with the thought process and it's gone. Whatever was there before is gone. And everybody goes through spells like that. I mean, I, I scored a goal at Brighton and it was my first goal for months and it was a header for a corner and i never done that in my life. <laughs> so everybody's going to go through a time when it's not going so well for you. But when it when there's two or three at the same time, you can through the same, then it's difficult. Yeah. And the front three players have been fantastic for Liverpool and they yeah. the nice to the success that they had and they enjoyed over the past couple of years. This year might be a disappointment, but then it might be a disappointment in the league and you could end up winning the Champions League. So, I wouldn't mean, underestimate that front three, I'm sure, although everything's not going as well for them as what they would like to, I'm sure they They've got plenty of ammunition to come back, and they've got plenty of credit in the bank as well for what they've done previously for us. Definitely,
0: definitely. Kenny, just back back to obviously the uh, you know the Liverpool management role again. So we've mentioned Blackburn, and that was obviously a great achievement. What would what would you say your finest achievement is, from a Liverpool perspective would be? Would it be you being a, a double winner as a player manager? maybe getting reappointed the manager the second time in, obviously, January 2011, or would it be getting a stand named after you?
2: Because oh, many,
0: many many people who get stands named after them, they're normally dead. How does it feel to get a stand <laughs> named after you while, whilst you're still alive?
1: Well, if my name was East or West or North, <laughs> I would think a lot more stands named after you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you get embarrassed, really. You get humble in about... I never call the stand. by my name. I call it Cameron Road. or the centenary. Yeah.
0: You
1: can't call it. I mean, you can't call it. You can't say to somebody oh see it and name your stand, you? So <laughs> well, you can you? So you can. It the the else. Sir
0: Kennedy, And that that, that obviously but, brings brings me back to that other question. So obviously you don't call the stand the Sir Kenneth Agnew stand. Now obviously the the cop are famous for for one of the. The most mega songs ever. Obviously, you'll never walk alone, Aye. but you also sing "You'll uh, the Fields of Anfield Road. Aye. Do you sing along to that? No,
1: <laughs>
0: no. Chris, the song goes uh, The Fields of Anfield Road, where once we watched King Kerry play. He I
1: definitely reckon... sings it. He definitely <laughs> sings it. Oh, no, no, no. Even the grandkids don't know a play. <laughs> just to learn that. I start I, I I would be
0: getting I would be getting the grandkids to sleep singing that song to them
1: <laughs> i get them to sleep just be talking to them <laughs> no but most important moment for me was signing for Liverpool everything else came onwards and upwards after that and it, that's no in any way shape, or form I'm undermining what happened at, at Celtic we really really appreciate having the Celtic done for us uh, the success that we had and uh, they've still got a, a special place in their in lives anyway. So, moving on to Liverpool and going to an icon, iconic moment there, just them think that you were good enough to go and play for them and represent them was, was a turn, was a, if you don't get that, you don't get anything else that follows. And the thing that follows on is, has been a fairy tale as well there. I mean, you could never, imagine growing up and I mean, never mind being a teenager thinking something like that. Even when you're an adult thinking something like this is going to hurt you. You would never, you'd be taken away, wouldn't you? Yeah. (laughs) So you just appreciate everything you've done, but also you you realise that if it wasn't for the benefit and the help of others, then you wouldn't have done it either. So it's not just about the individual. The contribution you made to, to Liverpool it's a fraction of what they've made to the Douglas family life. What a
2: wonderful answer that is, Kenny. And, and listen, Rob, I, I want to ask you while you're well, we've got Kenny with us. Kenny there talks about the day he signed for Liverpool Football Club. I wonder as well, because I believe there's only one goal between the both of you. Is that right in the in the all-time scoring list for Liverpool?
0: I, I actually thought it was a few more in all fairness, but when I say a few more, I this sounds ridiculous, I thought it was about maybe two or three more, which I know I'm clutching, Christopher, I really am, but when I think of You've mentioned Kenny as probably the greatest ever. And I don't think this is an argument, to be honest, as probably the greatest ever Liverpool player. Uh, and you've got probably one of the other great Liverpool players, Steven Gerrard. Yeah. He's, I think he's he's ahead of me on the all-time uh, list. So I think it's Steven, uh, myself, and then Kenny. Now, I'm sandwiched in between two greats. Uh, and for me, as a, I, I remember my goal that I think it took me level, I think, with Kenny. It was against West Brom. It was when I resigned for Liverpool, uh, up at the Hawthorns, uh, I I got level with Kenny as uh, one of the you know the top goalscorers for Liverpool, and for that that for me is just the pinnacle. When you when your when your name is next to someone as iconic as as Sir Kenny, I I I mean I can I could have retired there and then. I really could have done.
1: Some people thought you did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I actually can't even argue with you. That, that's the thing.
1: That's unfair. You had two goals with it. Yeah, that's true. You had two goals with it. That's true.
0: And, but you know, if, if at first you don't succeed, try again.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: I never got two goals. Yeah, well yes you did, as a manager you did.
1: Ah, oh, but I couldn't score for the bench. <laughs>
0: you know, no but you still managed them. To I, to be fair. For the bench. You, you could have, you could have picked yourself. You could have picked yourself. You, you could have went in as a manager. You could have said, I'm I'm putting myself down as a player manager again. Now, that, that would have been a sight, wouldn't it?
1: Can I get a wamp stick on the pitch? Oh, brilliant. I, I, I wouldn't know how many goals I've got. I wouldn't care, really.
2: Yeah, did you not? Was that something you didn't look into, Kenny? It was obviously medals and trophies. That's what matters, right? Uh-huh. That's not like you, Rob. Rob, you counted every single one of your goals, oh, didn't you? But...
1: but... Yeah, that, that's not to say that Robbie's wrong or I'm right. It's just to be yeah. I, I, we've got the goals. You score the goals, you get your rewards. The goals are more important when you when it means something for the team, as Robbie would allude to as well. You don't get any no points scoring three goals and beat four three, is it? True. <laughs> so the success is if you're contributing to the success, whether it's assists or whether it's defending. Or whether it's scoring, it doesn't matter. You need contribution for everybody before you're going to get what you really want. That's a tour of the city with a trophy in the bus. Hmm.
0: I think I think that says anything about you. I, I, we we did point out how humble you are, and how incredibly normal you are. But what what another question? It's a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek one. If if I was to speak to you know many many people, and who who's the most famous person I've ever met? I reckon a lot of them, a lot of Liverpool fans would say you. Now, who is the most famous person you've ever met? How
1: do you define fame?
0: It's, it's your answer. Yeah, Jack Nicholas. what? yeah, aye. Uh-huh. What? What about? Um, have you ever met Frank Sinatra?
1: Oh, I've <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is this coming up to my way? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there. But is it? Would Jack Nicholas or? Jack Nicholas or Jack Nicholson be yours.
1: Jack Nicholas. Golfer. I met him at he the golf course at Glen Eagles and I was up playing in the opening day. You meet a load of people, didn't you? You're just lucky you meet a load of people. But certainly for for me then, the golf and Jack Nicholas been there. And even now you meet the 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 obviously they're all younger than you than me anyway now. The golfers and whatever. And it's great to see a lot of them are just, just normal. Mm. They're no extra.
0: So, Kenny, with all due respect, though, all these all these young golfers would still be absolutely delighted meeting you. Yeah. They, they would still be on your... The, the people, the most famous person they've ever met would be you.
1: I think they'd be more impressed off the pitch than on the golf course.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I've... I've they'd
1: be impressed... I, mean,
0: be impressed this uh, no, I I disagree with you. We we played myself, Kenny, and um it was Stephen Henry actually. We played obviously a uh, a charity game of golf. Uh I think we played with was it Mark Warren? Mark, Mark Warren, was a yeah. golfer. and uh Kenny Kenny chipped in from hundred and twenty yards in front of a little crowd as well. So <laughs> hey, so he's uh, he's not a bad golfer as well.
1: He's he's handy. Oh, that's wide shot and thousands around. No
0: chance, <laughs> no chance. Uh, well, it's just pro- probably typical of you then, isn't it?
1: Well, we had the golf event where I went a wee bit tricky. We had the invitation at Hillside Golf Club, and I just invited anybody that was was running about. <laughs> never got never got in the frame, right? To win the invitation, and Big Hanson, would he would be a wee bit more tactical in who he invited. So I said. Right, this is it. Listen, I'm no, I'm no going friendship, right? I'm no going for somebody that that's thrown about the area. I'm, say, I'm going to ask me Robbie. So I asked the wee man. He said, "You want, fancy playing?" Everything. I help, help. Okay then. Come on, up you come. He was off ten. <laughs> yeah, yes. Ten yeah. or twelve. Might
0: have been 18, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, if you could have go eighteen, you would have taken it. <laughs> so we, we, we won we won with a few
0: is shots. That, is, is that the first time you've won the outside invitational
1: that's the only time
0: ah brilliant <laughs> Aye, Aye, have you got a picture thing. of us on the wall next to, your, ah. next to your next to that European cup you won <laughs> well
1: because we, we leave didn't we yeah you put the card in and then you go home and if you go back at night to
0: the dinner, <laughs> <laughs> without oh. the flash on without the flash Aye. on Aye.
1: Aye. <laughs> there. so I we'll got a bit tactical then
0: Brilliant. Well, when we have, I'm a member at Wallasey, so when I get home, uh, Sir Ken, you come over with uh, with me, and we'll have a game, and we'll get you in the the Wallasey Invitational, and we'll win that as
1: well. We used to play there
0: at Wallasey.
1: Yeah, we used to yeah. go over there to play the first one. The roads on the right hand side. Uh huh. I've been doing that road a few times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, not this year. Well, 2020, not this year. Last year, 2020, the golf golf season. I've actually got my name twice on the on the Wallasey board.
1: Oh, well done, Rob.
0: Yeah, thank you. Is
1: that this man is
0: banned? <laughs> <laughs> I have got one of them troughs in the, them uh, wooden fences to park my horse. <laughs> if, you're, if you're up the,
1: the board twice, your handicap will be decimated. Oh, it's come down. It has come down. Yeah. Oh, I dare to tell you where it's come down to? But... <laughs> <laughs> Bandit fooler. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, I don't know. this is a wee bit difficult, this short. Three feet. I I think we've uh, we've had more than enough of your time. Yeah, we have. So, so listen, I can't thank you enough. I obviously love your company. Always have done. Always will do. Uh, Absolute gentleman. Absolute player. uh, But what I'll just say now, you are an absolute gentleman. I love chatting with you. Always have done. Always will.
1: Very kind of you, Robbie. Top man. Are the pubs open there? No, we're, we're still in lockdown here as well, so... I just thought the way you were talking there you for the wee drink. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's tea, it's tea.
1: Have you playing games now?
0: Yeah. I've just been I've just been banned for four games for having a go at the referee. <laughs> a- any any advice on that?
1: i do not think I go banned. Do you never? No, no for no for, no for the touchline. So so
0: any 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 advice on dealing with referees then?
1: Listen, as long as you make them think they're right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: well. But you can bottle your emotion. If you've no good emotion, you've got a bit of trouble.
0: Yeah. Love that. Love that.
1: I never got in trouble, but I was lucky because I should have a couple of times.
0: Yeah, no, I. I uh, yeah, over, over here, the uh, the referees are, are having a tough time, and I think there's there's probably been five managers out of the 11 teams, five managers have been suspended. So do you just need to sit in the stand and watch the game? Yeah, for, for the next four games, I do, yeah.
1: I think sometimes when they start the. They want to increase the level of the league, don't they? In a lot of places, but the, re- the level of refereeing doesn't go up too much. Yeah. And that sometimes can be a problem. Yeah. You know, you referees, irrespective of what people say about them, they are only human. Yeah. And some of the egos, some of a, a better a better length, a better height, a acceptance, and some others will And you yeah. just see the wrong thing and it kicks off. And also, it's a so I'm sure some of them think, well, if I get this one, he's a big name, then you'd be the big name over there. If we get him and we see that, make an example of him, then it sends a message out to the rest of them.
2: Either that, Kenny, or they're all Man United fans over in India. Maybe they were just sitting waiting for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, listen. I mean, what what you just said is absolutely perfect, and I, and I can live with that.
1: Just, just, blown with it. Yeah. How's Granny?
0: He, he's good, mate. He's good. He's uh, I he's uh, you, no, Are
1: you getting any golf in?
0: No, no. We're, we're actually so we're in the hotel. Uh, we only leave the hotel to go and trade and to play games. So we're essentially our we are locked away. have you got a balcony? <laughs> yeah, I have <am> actually. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: train morning and afternoon. You're all
0: right, aren't you? Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, we, no, we, we train in the afternoon. So when we first got here, we trained in the morning. But the days were just getting incredibly long, so we actually changed it to afternoon, which is obviously the days. It makes the days a little bit shorter,
1: for the players as well. Yeah, right. Makes
0: makes most made most sense.
1: That's a hard. Is there, is there? Are all the teams here?
0: Yeah. So all, all the teams are obviously based in Goa. So obviously we're we're all in a bubble. We all have separate hotels, though. But they're all in the one place. All in the one area, yeah.
1: And there's no restaurants open or anything, no. No. Well, no, yet no. There is there
0: is restaurants open, but obviously we're in the uh, the ISL bubble. So anyone who's involved within the uh, the Indian Super League is is stuck within within that bubble.
1: So they can't go out for a meal. No, you can't have relaxation. No.
0: Nope. Oh. So so that's what, what what was talking about before. So obviously frustrations when referees make wrong decisions and and obviously all this play, plays havoc. So when you're frustrated, then you know. I don't know whether it's passion or it's anger, but if you mm-hmm. feel as though you're hard done by and wronged, then you know you're not going to sit there and take it. And that, that's that's what's what's happening over here. So all the managers are, I think, struggling with with obviously where they are, the situation, and obviously the referees' poor decisions. Are there other English boys over there? Uh, well, there was one. Uh, I won't <laughs> go into it why he's been sacked, but uh, Owen Coyle, who's obviously not English, he's Scottish or Irish whatever he wants to be yeah
2: <laughs> whatever he decides
0: yeah so uh, so he's, uh, we're the only ones actually now so we're the only how many teams uh, there's 11 teams
1: and play what Saturday midweek Saturday
0: yeah well it, it, it does, there's more or less a game every single day so it could be Saturday Tuesday Tuesday oh, so you've got three games a week well yeah potentially sometimes we have and sometimes we'll have you know one game a week so it's just a way, just trying to fit all the games in in a certain certain amount of uh, time.
1: That's if got something to do, it's not so bad. But uh, yeah. Oh. Well, Even get know. out for a pint of milk, an adventure oh. here
0: now. Oh uh, well, it will be open soon. You'll be back on the golf course. Don't worry.
1: Oh yes. there's No. No danger. I,
0: I can. I can imagine. You know, you're, you're obviously polishing, polishing your golf clubs. Is as...
1: you know what? <laughs> I put them in front of the garage. A couple of edges, and they've gone rusty. Yeah. Oh, I have. I put them in Coca-Cola for the big bottle coca-cola into a bucket put them in took them out and cleaned them a wee bit but it's still
0: rusty I'm not being funny but you're Sir Kenneth Dagley so if you phone whoever you want up I'm sure you would get
1: some golf golf. (laughs) clubs I'm sure you will Kenny well if you know anybody at TaylorMade ask them to send us a Sim 2 driver
0: (laughs) Sir Kenneth I have contacts at Ping Golf and Ping are are, are well better anyway so you should be uh, you should be heading over to Ping He'll put nope. an extra. He'll put an extra ten yards on your drive anyway.
1: That means it's only going to abound, then.
2: How much <laughs> you get paid for ping for saying that, Rob?
0: No, I don't actually. I don't. <laughs> uh, no, well, listen, if, if you want ping, I can put you in touch with people at like Ping. I, we, we can supply you with a, a, a full set of clubs, Ken.
1: Don't worry. By the way, I've just got a set. But the these two the sim two drivers are supposed to be. Kinda of
2: decent. I've got the sim two. I've got the three wood. I'll sort you out a sim two driver, Kenny. Don't listen to Robbie with his pings. I'll get on it for you. Ah,
1: uh, but I need just just a regular shaft. That's yeah. fine. Regular. Ten and a half. Aye.
0: Not, not a stiff shaft, no.
1: <laughs> no, I can't so, hit
0: them. Do, do you have to get to a certain age before you can hit a regular shaft? So.
1: Aye, three. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And what about what about do we hey uh uh Chris, do we know anyone a Titleist golf as well where we can supply a big load of golf balls for us? I've got Titleist covered. Yeah, have you got I've, that covered? I've got, got that
2: t- covered. I've got that covered as well.
1: The club have signed a deal with Titleist. Oh brilliant. Uh they've got <laughs> golf boys and golf bags, head covers, they've got them in the shop. The wee guy who comes to the matches for Titleist.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I'll uh, when we get when we get off here I'll uh, I'll be I'll be getting the number <laughs> off you.
1: <laughs> they can't be sending me in there.
0: No, I'll be I'll be home in a month. So by the time I get home, they'll be just be sat there waiting for me. Tell them I want a little bit of a red ribbon on it, and I'll open them as soon as I get home.
1: Just wait till you're home. You're no problem. We go, boys. <laughs> All
0: right. right, top man, top man. Ted, thanks very much, pal. You've been an absolute star as always. All the
2: best. Cheers. Cheers. See,
0: you See you later. later. Thank you.
2: This is the Robbie Fowler podcast.
0: Powered by McDonald's. McDonald's McCafé. Great tasting coffee. Simple.
2: Dubai Eye 103.8. Hey listen before I let you go Rob. Uh, I've got to ask. Uh, you you were going down the Franks Sinatra route and hey King Kenny stopped you in your tracks there. Does he normally sing that at the karaoke's, does he?
0: That is a song. Yeah, that's a song my way. Um but I was actually alluding to. Uh, now I was open. I was getting it right. But I remember speaking to some fella a while ago who, who, who said I'm gonna have to like Google before. Don't want to sound stupid here, but I'm sure Kenny actually got someone tickets to go and see Frank Sinatra.
2: Well connected man that he is.
0: Um, I think Frank Sinatra knew him, but I'll just have to. Um, yeah. So yeah. So we yeah. Oh ah, listen!
2: It sounds like a great story. Let's not put, let's not let the truth get in the way of a good story. There, yeah, that's, sure that's, I know. that
0: I'm yeah. uh, just making sure that the of time frames um, crosses over each other there, and they do. So I think, uh, I think they did.
2: Well, listen, Rob. I know you're a busy boy. Massive thanks to Sir King Kenny Dalgleish once more Robbie Fowler podcast episode 5 is now out obviously because this is it you can download us do check us out subscribe more than anything else you've already downloaded subscribe and rate we've done now Jurgen Klopp Graham Souness Joey Barton and now Sir Kenny Dalgleish I need to start adding something to the party here Rob
0: Well, you need to start supplying some of your Mancunian friends don't you Chris
2: oh, that's absolutely what I need to do and I will promise you I will do that Oof. in the coming weeks I'll get some. Don't you worry about that, I, my friend.
0: I, I, I look forward to. I mean, I'm not sure whether you can you can pick what I've got you so far.
2: Well, listen, I'm hoping to, uh, Sir Alex.
0: No, you can't. You can't. Uh, yeah, well, Sir Alex would be up there. Sir, Sir Alex, Alex would up, be up there. there.
2: Sir Alex. Uh, uh, that no, I'm, see-
0: I'm just talking about. We've, we've just had Sir Kenny. You know what I mean? Sir Kenneth.
2: Sir Alex would be on a par, and then Oli Solskjaer That would be on a par with Jurgen. <laughs> no
0: chance. No chance. And then,
2: and then Roy Keane on a par with Graham Souness, and then job done.
0: Yeah All right then (laughs) we'll look forward forward to that then watch this space subscribe to the
2: Robbie Fowler podcast I've got my work cut out now you can subscribe of course on all your usual uh, podcast platforms do give us a subscription as well on YouTube the Robbie Fowler channel that's the way to do it you can watch all of our interviews in their entirety up there top man Rob good guest once more I look forward to catching up with you for episode 6
0: see you soon pal This has been the Robbie Fowler Podcast.
1: Powered by McDonald's.
0: Hear it again and more of our podcasts at dubaii1038.com.